106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Hello, everybody. I just got home from the grocery store where I was challenged by a grouchy little lady who demanded to know where my mask was. She said I was endangering all of them. Okay. Whenever some Tweedle challenges you about not wearing a mask, here's what you say. Do you know what that mask is doing to you? All the germs and bacteria that you're supposed to be expelling are getting caked all over the inside of that mask, and you're sucking them right back into your body. And the carbon dioxide that you're supposed to expel is blocked by the mask, and you suck that right back into your lungs with every breath, which diminishes your body's ability to take in oxygen. And oxygen deprivation results in diminished brain capacity and diminished thinking ability. And you know what that means. You keep wearing that mask, and you'll be a Democrat for the rest of your life. After waiting for two hours and now getting two minutes, I'll get right to the point. Uh, this board is pretending that for the last three months, your emperor, Dr. Levin, has not been against a mask declaration. Now, all of a sudden, we're pretending that masks are everything, even forcing speakers to use masks. I would like the board to take a position. Was Dr. Levin wrong for those three months? And if he was this wrong, why has he not been removed? Why has he not been fired for being so catastrophically wrong? Or do you not really believe he was wrong? You're just wearing these masks because it is a signal of your great virtue. Damn! Damn. Because for the last three months, we have not worn them. And Ventura County has done outstandingly well and continues to do outstandingly well because we are not Los Angeles. We are not New York City. We never were going to be any of those things. Ironically, this is one of the few things Dr. Levin was actually right about. He has been wrong about everything. He is the one who told us we would have four to 600 hospitalizations a day. He, he, he revised that to two to 400 a day. We still haven't reached that in one day. We're barely over 200 for the entire ordeal that you guys have put us through. We now are panicked over 51 total hospitalizations in a county with eight hospitals. Can you people do math? Can you please do basic math and understand where we are on this? This is not a crisis. You, however, have created one. You, in an effort to try to prevent all death, when we've had 43 deaths, have now ended all relevant life. And you should all be ashamed of yourselves. And this will never be forgotten, ever be forgotten. You will all be held accountable eventually in this life or the next. You all better hope there is no hell, because when you die, that's where you're going. And guess what? You're not going to be dying of COVID either. Thank you. This is Lou Benninger with No Hostages Radio, and this is our 72nd broadcast, and this should show up on August 14, 2020, and we're happy you're, you have the time to listen, 
and we hope that you enjoy some of the topics we covered today. And uh, thank you for all those that uh, make it happen, um, make it possible for this to happen. I'll cover a couple of key people, a few of the key people that do that. But if it wasn't for people listening and for people that give feedback and ideas and information, uh, I wouldn't be doing this. And uh, I was talking to a lady today on the phone that was frustrated about the media not covering um, a black guy killing a five-year-old boy. And I just said she was wanting me to write an article in the newspaper about it. And I was telling her that uh, I don't uh, do that for a living. So they don't always run. Uh, recently, they didn't run one of the articles that I wrote. And I told the editor, the, uh, the owner of the paper, I just said, you know, uh, I don't need to write for your paper. If you want me to stop, I'll stop. But what I'm not going to do is write an article and you not print it because I don't need the practice. Because they're all, that the article's already in my head. I already got it figured out. So, um, so thank you for your support. And uh, if you're listening, uh, if you found us from your podcast source, then we also I want to mention that we have a website. So it has all the episodes together in one location. If you're interested in other other, if you're bored to death and you want to listen to a website. Uh, uh, podcast off the website in the middle of the night you can do so and then there's some articles there that you might uh, find relevant to your interest in life right now and there is like 140 some or 50 uh, articles there as well so let me give you a couple ways to get a hold of me then i'll get into the meat of the day and that is you can reach me on email by lou l-o-u at nohostagesradio.com Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com, or you could call me up at 530-713-1838, You can email me uh, on the previous address I gave you. You can text me or call me on this number. Um, so thank you for all your feedback uh, and uh, ideas and information. Sometimes I get some really good articles that people send me that I have missed. Uh, we're not always watching the same stuff, all of us. And so there's just a lot of good information out there to explain what's really going on in the world. I want to uh, remind you again, for those of us who live in California, I live in Northern California in Yuba County. That's one of the 58 counties. And it's one of the 24 Northern counties that actually we want to separate from California and have our own state. That's our dream, and uh, not because we don't like Southern California. We're just different, and we think different, and we want to we want to operate differently. Just like when you drive to Nevada or or Idaho or Arizona or Washington, uh, they all operate differently because of the folks. They're a bit different. We're all Americans, but we have different desires. And some of us are real liberal people. Some of us are real conservative, and. Uh, so it's we still have a choice in America, but in California, we have problems. We're really a socialist state. We're probably the most socialist state in the union now and most influential in that way. And some people, a lot of people are leaving. In fact, a lot of my friends have left California, moved to other states. And uh, the problem is that when, uh, like when 
conservatives leave California, it leaves California less conservative. When liberals tire of California because they've ruined it, because they keep voting for liberals, then they move over to Boise, Idaho, or they move over to another state, then they ruin that state because of their political leanings and their philosophies of how to run, how to live life and how to run. So we're talking about recalling Gavin Newsom, the governor, and it's important that we recall him because uh, he's a horrible governor and uh, you're going to have to sort that on yourself. I'm not going to convince you every week and take all the time here. I'm just going to tell you that it's an, you have an opportunity to recall the governor and uh you have to be a registered voter, but you could register now to vote. And the election for a recall is not going to be November 4th. It's going to be sometime after we turn in the signatures, which we have to turn in the signatures before November 17 of this year. And then they'll determine whether we have enough signatures, accurate signatures. Then they will declare a special election, and then we will decide at the special election whether or not Yes, we want to recall the governor. No, we don't. And then if it's a yes vote prevails, then there'll be other people on the ballot that want to take the governor's position. And uh, the one who gets the most votes out of that group, say there's five, six, seven people, whoever gets the most votes out of that group becomes the governor. That's how that all works. It's one shot deal. But we need to get enough Good signatures. What I mean by good is that you're a registered to vote and you sign properly. You sign with your proper name that you registered with. And um, and we need to get that done. So many of you whine. You're good at whining, but you're not good at acting. You're not good at working. So we need people to not only sign the petition, but we need people to actually work in the booths like at uh, where they set them up at Walmart or Sam's Club or some some uh, high-traffic area around town where you can help people fill out registrations to vote and help people get signed and uh, explain to people what's up. So um, if you're, you can go on the Gavin Newsom uh, recall website, which is called Recall Gavin, G-A-V-I-N, RecallGavin2020.com. The number's 2020-2020. And you can go there and you can look up the county that you live in and you, you can go on the Facebook page and you can like that page or join that page. And then you can get all the updates on what's going on around town or how you can help in your county. Um, now, you can also download a petition or, or just print off a petition off that website sign it, uh, fill the rest of it out and mail it in. If it's just, even if it's just one signature, uh, or you could get your family members that are 18 and above, or you could get neighbors to sign. And, uh, I've, I've encouraged people to get at least 25 signatures. There's five signatures to a page and, uh, multiply, you know, some people say, well, my vote doesn't really count just one vote. Well, in this case, you can have 25 votes. You can have 50 votes. If you get 100 people to sign their petition, those are votes. Those are votes to recall the governor and put it on the ballot. So uh, you can do that. If you're in Yuba County and you don't want to do anything I just said, but you, you're willing to sign, um, you can go to uh, 
Elite Universal Security at 5548 Feather Boulevard and outside of Marysville. And you can go there almost 24 hours a day because they have dispatchers there. It's a security business. And you take you once you walk in the office, it'll probably take you a minute, minute and a half to sign. And you're out of there. Uh, They'll even register you to vote. 5548 Feather River Boulevard. So I think there is even a sign-up uh, this Saturday at Walmart and Linda. and uh, But you can go on the Recall Gavin website, Recall Gavin 2020 website, and you can look up your county's name and click on the Facebook page, and it'll probably tell you where it's happening this week or this weekend to, to sign your name. So please... Um, Go do it. Let me see if there's any other information. Oh, yeah. Walmart at uh, Northfield Road in Marysville. They're going to have a signing Saturday 9 to noon. Saturday 9 to noon. Okay. At Walmart in Marysville. Uh, They actually, let's call that Linda Northfield Road. 1131 Northfield Road. Okay. So if you're over on this side of the river, you can go there. Um So let me just uh, mention, I don't know whether you noticed this news this week, that Gavin Newsom, if, you, if you're following the news on the virus, uh, that California has repeatedly botched uh, the execution of uh, organizing this state to deal with the virus. The, the latest thing is that... Uh, they have lost track on their computer system of the statistics that each county supposedly is trying to keep track of. So Gavin Newsom's director of public health has abruptly resigned. Her name's Sonia Angel, or Angel, A-N-G-E-L-L, announced her, uh, she announced her departure a few, few nights ago. The governor, up until recently, had not been seen in a, in a week or so, um, since his office revealed that there was a major glitch in the COVID case data that undermined public health. Now, they've been using this these statistics to uh, use these Nazi-like measures to shut down businesses and force people like eating in restaurants where it's nice and clean and cool and not dirt, not filthy. They f- force you out in the open where it's incredibly hot, dusty, Filthy dogs peeing on the street. Um, one one person said they were sitting under an awning outside this local place uh, on Plumas Street, and birds were were up in the awning where they were nesting, and they were flying out, and dust was falling down out of the awning under their food. Now that is, uh, if you think as a health officer that is healthy, you're just stupid. Uh, So this is a little deal on mask wearing says you didn't start wearing a mask because you studied available scientific and medical evidence and determined the mask was the best or even an effective way to prevent spread of COVID. Did you No, you just did it because somebody said to do it. Didn't you? You had to do it. You started wearing a mask because a stranger on television told you to just admit it says, so you won't stop wearing a mask no matter how much evidence there is that the mask is useless. You only stop wearing a mask when a stranger on television tells you to, right? 
Now, it's amazing to me, but I think a lot of people are so simple-minded that they actually feel important wearing a mask. They pretend they're a doctor. They pretend they're a nurse. They pretend they're a scientist. They pretend they're, they're, they have this uh, scenario in their mind uh, that they are uh, they're saving the world or they're, it, it, you know, it's like a little badge. You're wearing a little uniform, right? And they get off on it. I have some stories I'll tell you in a minute of the mask Nazis. But I want to talk a little bit about, uh, and I think I mentioned this the other day, about outsmarting the cashless stores. And this is from Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is one of the smarter guys recently in the last 10 or 15 years about how to uh, become wealthy. In other words, not just love money, but just how to manage your money so it works for you instead of you work really hard. So uh, his idea is, uh, you know, you, they're saying, now, oh, uh, it's $4.76, and you give them a 5 and they say, oh, we can't make change uh, because we, we're, we're short of coin. They're not short of coin. The United States is not short of coin. They're lying to you, just like they're lying to you about masks. They're lying to you about how many people are going to die from the virus. They're lying to you about how dangerous the virus is. They're lying to you about how you can catch the virus. They just are lying to you about every single thing to take control of your lives. So Dave Ramsey says, my solution is to pay with cash uh, up to the, up to the amount of change. For instance, the bill is twenty three thirty five. I'll give them twenty three dollars. In other words, he won't give them twenty five dollars. He'll just give them twenty three dollars, just short of the change. Right? Twenty three thirty five. I'll give them twenty three dollars in cash, and then I pull out my debit or my credit card, and I have them add the thirty five cents onto the card instead of putting everything on the card. He's putting the 35 cents as little as possible. Why? Because they have to pay a fee on every amount that goes on that card that the store does. That's penalizing them for jerking you around. So my tendency would have been just the opposite. If it's 23.35, might give them 20 and a five, $25. Well, then they got you over a barrel, as they say. So in this way, go shoot under. Pay under the amount, and whatever's extra, whatever you're short, like $2.50, just add that on the card, right? Now, we need to fight this. Most of you are saying, uh, you're just whining about it. Oh, they didn't give me any change, right? Oh, they're, they're forcing us. What happened to all the money, right? Instead of just whining about it, let's kick them in the teeth, right? Let's get it on. Now, I want to read you, some people have become na- mask Nazis. So one woman uh, <clears throat> in a San Diego dog park pepper sprayed a couple just sitting and having a picnic without masks on. They were just sitting in a dog park having lunch, and she sprayed them with pepper spray. Uh, an- another video went viral showed a woman enraged that small children were not wearing face masks. So she told the little kids, I hope you all die. Another one, a California security guard faces murder charges 
after authorities said he fatally shot a customer in the back following an argument about the customer entering the store without wearing a state-mandated face mask. And by the way, you may call it state-mandated, but it is not a state law. Mandates are not laws. And so when the Southwest Airline pilot went on the air, when I was sitting on the runway in Las Vegas, he said, it is a state law in Nevada and in California to wear a face mask. That's a lie. And that's bad when the pilot's lying to you because then you don't know what to believe. And he has got your life in his hands. Police arrested a Massachusetts man last month after he reportedly pulled a gun on a man who was not wearing a mask in a Walgreens parking lot. Finally, a viral video in May showed an angry mob of New York grocery shoppers descending on an unmasked woman and driving her out of the store, after which left-wing activist and sometimes actress Alisa Milano apparently praised the mob in a tweet which read, never been prouder of growing up in Staten Island. You know, it's just people are embracing socialists and a totalitarian regime. They would love China. You know, all these people say, well, if Trump wins, I'm going here. I'm going there. I wish they would go to China or to Cuba and and just live this way every day. Now, um, we have in our community people dying all the time as a result of COVID, but they don't have COVID. What they have is they have a Nazi-like pressure put on them, torturous pressure of staying in their home, not social gathering. They can't go to AANA meetings. They can't go to dinner. They can't go to a movie. They can't, uh, at first, remember, they couldn't even go to the river. They couldn't go fishing. Remember the fishing deal? You can't go fishing. No, you can't go fishing. You can't go hunting. You can't go to church. You can't, you can't, you can't. And so what we have is I I realized this week that we don't have a health officer. We have a death officer because our death officer uh, called Dr. Lou. Dr. Lou is the officer of death because it isn't, you know, we I think I read on the uh, social media in Yuba Sutter counties, we have a total of about 11 deaths since they started counting at the first of year. Not too bad, huh? It's August. So that's... Um, that's not even two deaths a month, right? But we have, when you add up the suicide deaths and you add up the overdose deaths and you add up people that were fragile health-wise that don't have COVID, but they just were freaked out and they were locked in their homes. They couldn't see their relatives, old people, for instance. But we have a Dr. Death who, in, in, the, uh, in the spirit of wanting to keep the death of COVID numbers down, because she's trying to follow the Gavin Newsom method, which is socialism, she's killing off a lot of old people. Do you know now that we have underground, not church meetings, we have underground or secret AANA meetings? Did you know that? Does that, like, strike you? as odd when judges mandate that people go to AANA meetings, probation officers mandate you go to AANA meetings. Doesn't that seem odd? 
That's what's happening. So I'm going to talk about Jack Kevorkian, and I'm going to do that as an analogy to Dr. Lou, and I'm going to do it right after we come back. We're finishing our first of six segments, and looks like our equipment's working well. We had some trouble last night, so I'm, I'm giving it another shot here today. We'll be right back. Just a mask, you guys. Don't be a jerk. It's for the greater good. It's just a vaccine, you guys. Don't be a jerk. It's for the greater good. In four months, the U.S. has almost transformed into an obedient socialist country. The government dictated what social events were acceptable to attend. Violent protests that instill fear are okay. Church services, family funerals, and patriotic celebrations are, however, dangerous. And most of you bought it without a fight. Standing in a graduation line is a safety hazard. Small businesses were forced to close, but crowds to support the corporate money machine like Walmart, Lowe's, and Home Depot are allowed. Come on, it's just a mask. And safety precautions. How about a little hush money? Here's $2,400 that we stole out of your paycheck in the first place. Use it to buy something from a big corporation. Cash is dirty. We can't give change. There's a coin shortage. Use your card. Unless there is a cash tip jar. In four months, they have convinced you to use a traceable card for almost everything. In less than four months, governments have closed public schools, then restructured education under the guise of public safety. In less than four months, our government demonstrated how easily people assimilate to guidelines that have no scientific premise whatsoever because they were fearful. In less than four months, our government successfully instilled fear in the majority of the population of America that allows them to control every aspect of your life, including what you eat, where you go, who you see, and how much toilet paper you buy. And the most dangerous and terrifying part is that people are not afraid of this government who removed their freedom. They're afraid of their neighbors, family and friends, and they hate those who won't comply. It's absolutely terrifying to me that people don't question authority. They are willing to surrender their critical thinking skills and independence. They just gave up without thinking, without a fight. Do you know what's coming next? It's just a vaccine. Come on. It's for the greater good. Wait until you're told that you can't enter any store or business without proof of the vaccine. Wait until you can't go to public events or get on a plane without proof of receiving the vaccine. Don't think it's possible? You've already allowed the government to say when you can go outside and when your children can take part in a new digital education. And this was just in the last 100 days. 
and you followed blindly because you were told to do so. You're kidding yourself if you think this mass behavior won't be repeated with a vaccine or whatever the next step is. See, their morals, their code, it's a bad joke. Dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. Once they have popular control, they have the masses. I'm sure there are many people who know that they should do something, but it's always been easier to ignore it than fight back. We've seen it in other countries throughout the years, but it could never happen here in America, right? They have you without a thought, without a fight. Just about everyone around you and everyone walking the streets right now gave in and went with the herd. They didn't do this because they were afraid, they did it because they were lazy. Being lazy is always easier and is built on compromise. This time, however, is different. Sure, you're comfortable sitting on your couch watching streaming movies, but consider this. Outside your house, almost nothing is happening. There are almost no sports anywhere. The city basketball courts are empty. The park baseball fields are empty. Soccer fields, skateboard parks, volleyball courts. Nothing is being used. And the professionals, the one who gets paid to play these games for a living, they are scrambling for answers. How exactly do you not pack people into a stadium or arena and still make money? No box seats, no concessions, no place to walk up and buy a ticket, a reduced schedule, and if you have an enclosed stadium, you are screwed. You get nothing. Almost every musical group in the world right now is stuck in a studio working on albums that they can release but can't tour to promote. How does that work? And it goes much further than thousands of fans who aren't allowed into arenas. Every celebrity who has a talk show with a studio audience is on hold, and all of these groups are interconnected. Big budget movies, as you knew them, are currently dead. Not because the studios can't break virus protocols and put film teams together. The movie theaters have been crippled for months. As long as the perceived virus threat exists, they won't be able to open at even half capacity. Oh, and the only way theaters turn a profit is from popcorn and soda, which they can't sell you. Every school from primary to university is currently lost at sea with no compass. No one has a clue how to open their institutions without breaking protocol because their systems were literally designed to pack as many kids into one place as possible. Everything from small classrooms to lunchrooms to gymnasiums were built with the exact opposite of social distancing in mind. How in the hell do you reverse that and educate at the same time without rebuilding all the schools from scratch? You don't. They don't have the money or time. 
The ideas being floated around now literally turn an average school into a social distance circus. Temperature checks at the door, no changing rooms, eat lunch at your desk, designated bathroom breaks, no sports, no assemblies, no buses, no dances. You come in, you sit down, you shut up, you leave. It all sounds like a dystopian movie, but it isn't. It's very real, and by the way, how do you convince any kid under fourth grade not to be next to other kids? And don't get me started on churches. Almost all of them went down without a word of protest, for the greater good, of course. How did they do it? How did the powers that rule this world accomplish all this and much more? They told you that there was a threat and you believed them. They first told you that masks were useless. And then a month later, they said that masks were life-saving. They said that social distancing was critical. If you had a party at your house, they could invoke contact tracing and fine you. But if you were protesting human rights issues in the streets, then you could inhale tear gas and hack up a lung on the people next to you with no penalties. And while you were focusing on masks and people tearing down statues and hoping to God you didn't run out of toilet paper, thousands and thousands of businesses were shutting down for good because they depended on people walking through their doors. And if you were listening to this, you've probably realized that most of those masked people walking the streets now aren't people at all. They are just shadows with what used to be faces, the herd, the sheep who will do just about anything that the media tells them because that's what they were programmed to do. Anyone that is voluntarily wearing a mask at this stage is a mindless drone who couldn't think for themselves if their life depended on it. That is not an exaggeration. You wanted to know who the NPCs are? Now you have your answer. They are all around you. They are the masses, the mob, and they are just a few loud noises away from an all-out purge-like panic. If you understand that, then you need to brace yourself. The levels of this pressure cooker we are currently in are rising, not falling. Things only get stranger from here. There are plans within plans within plans. Pay attention to not only what you see, but what you don't see. There will be more warnings in the months to come, so for now, let me end with this. Figure out who your friends are and who you can trust. Don't make any long-term plans or international trips. Make sure you have extra of everything, and no matter what, don't panic. You are the Awoken, and at the very least, will go into the storm with both eyes open. And while you're at it, get a black t-shirt that says, 2020, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Keep pushing my button 
too So if you're looking for trouble Tell you what you do So I was uh, thinking about our Dr. Lou, who was our head health official here, and um, how in, we've only had 11 deaths since the first of, of the year, 11 deaths in a population of about, uh, oh, 230,000, 240,000 people had 11 deaths since the first of the year. We, we have that many deaths, more than that, every week from other causes, but nobody really pays any attention to that. And I was thinking that actually Dr. Lou is not saving lives, but she's actually Dr. Death. Uh, she's killing, killing people. And the way she's killing them is causing them to end their own lives through overdoses and suicide. And people who can't go out anymore, people who can't get visits, people that have fragile health, People that need to go to an AANA meeting, uh, they are uh, being cast aside. Did you know that, uh, you know, how in foreign countries, communist countries, they have underground churches, secret churches? We have now secret AANA meetings. Did you know that? Because people are sneaking around. Do you know there's all kinds of stuff going, underground government stuff already, because uh, people uh, are feeling oppressed? I had a lady stop by my house today. She left here and moved to Nevada recently. And she was saying, Lou, it's so nice to be in the city. Well, some of my friends were, you don't wear a mask because everybody's masked up over there. So uh, there was a guy that um, was called Dr. Death. His name's Jack Kavorkian. He was born Murad Jacob Kavorkian, Armenian pathologist, he was a euthanasia pro- proponent. He public championed a terminal's patient's, terminal patient's right to die or physician-assisted suicide. His quote was, dying is not a crime. He claimed to have assisted 130 people to die. Before this is over, we're going to be able to attribute more than that to Dr. Death in Yuba Sutter County or otherwise called Dr. Lou. Because they are destroying our society, they're destroying our community, they are actually causing people, if you think, I just drove by a couple businesses today, it's probably 105 outside, and people are sitting out in that sun eating. If you think that is healthy, sitting out in the exhaust, sitting out where there's bird poop, people have peed on the same sidewalk you've on, they've defecated on it, they spit on it. You think that's cleaner than eating inside a Red Robin or a Chili's or Applebee's or something? You're sitting out in the heat. You're sitting out on some lawn that a dog defecated on in the middle of the night. That is clean. That There's no, nothing healthy about our health officer. Uh, she is called Dr. Death Yuba Sutter. So Dr. Death, uh, Jack Kavorkian, for you that never got to meet him, who was arrested and tried for his direct role in the case of a volunteer voluntary euthanasia on a man named Thomas Yauk, who suffered from Lou Gehrig's disease, or what we commonly called ALS. It's a very devastating, if you know it, I have, I've had a couple of my friends who have died from it. It's horrible. He was convicted, Kevorkian was convicted of secondary murder, served eight years of a 10 to 25-year prison sentence. He was released... Uh, 
on parole on June 1, 2007, and he was required, without getting a lot of details, to behave himself and not do any of the stuff he was doing before, right? He's dead now, uh, but he uh, was proud of helping 130 people die. We're going to be far, far beyond that. Dr. Lou, or Dr. Death of Yuba Sutter, is going to be far, far beyond that, but they're not going to count the people I'm counting as being caused by Dr. Death. They're just going to count uh, supposedly people that she saved, which we're never going to be able to figure that out. They can't even keep count of the COVID cases because it's so fraudulent. But the fact is they've they've only, at, in, even at their most liberal counting, they've only found 11 people, and some of those people would have died anyway. They were ancient people, and everybody knows everybody's going to die. Somebody once said, nobody's getting out of here alive. So Dr. Lou, in my view, is now Dr. Death because she is causing people that are fragile mentally, they're fragile physically, not to be able to get the care they can. It's a hassle uh, to wear masks that are very unhealthy. So social distancing is very unhealthy. Being quarantined in your house is very unhealthy. And yet she is telling people just the opposite. When you And I was asking a doctor the other day, I said, can you get hydroxychloroquine around town? He was, he didn't know. It's interesting with all the publicity of thousands of people getting helped with hydroxychloroquine before they get really sick. It stops up before they get really sick. Nobody's really prescribing it around town. If you're a doctor or you're a pharmacist and I don't even really care where you are. I, you can email me at Lou at nohostagesradio.com and let me know if you're using it and how it's working because I don't hear anybody around here using it and and they won't even doctors aren't even seeing COVID patients around here. They're turning them all over to the hospital. It's the most expensive way to take care of people with the common cold I've ever heard of. It's a, it's actually the most stupid thing I've ever heard. Now, someone, one of the listeners sent this to me. It says, if a dude pretends to be a woman, you're required to pretend with him. Somehow it's un-American or the, for the census to count just how many Americans are living in America. Russians influencing our elections are bad, but illegals voting in our elections are good. It was cool for Joe Biden to, to blackmail the president of Ukraine, but it's a, it's an impeachable offense if Donald Trump does an inquiry about it. 20's too young to drink beer, but 18's old enough to vote. People who have never owned slaves should pay slave reparations to people who have never been slaves. Inflammatory rhetoric is outrageous, but harassing people in restaurants is virtuous. People who have never been to college should pay the debts of college students who took out huge loans for their degrees. Immigrants with tuberculosis and polio are welcome, but you'd better be able to prove your dog is vaccinated. Irish doctors and German engineers who want to immigrate to this country must go through a rigorous vetting process, but any illiterate gangbanger who jumps across a southern fence is welcome. $5 billion for border security is too expensive. But $1.5 trillion for free health care is not. If you cheat to get into college, you go to prison. 
But if you cheat to get into the country, you go to college for free. People who say there's no such thing as gender are demanding a female president. We see other countries going socialist and collapsing, but it seems like a great plan for us. Some people are held responsible for things that happened before they were born, and other people are not held responsible for what they're doing today. There's a guy running for office in uh, South Dakota. His name's David Dudenoffer. I've never seen a name like that. Dudenoffer. Short, he's running for Congress. They just call him Dude. Isn't that cool? David Dudenoffer. So instead of taking out an advertisement for herself, he took an out, out a praise for the, the governor of his state which is Christy Noam. The unique thing about Christy Noam is she is, is a firm constitutionalist. So instead of being drug around by the nose by emergencies like COVID, she looked at what the Constitution says. So by following the Constitution, she, she ended up with this. State infection rate 11 times lower than any state per 100 citizens. No lockdowns, no contact tracing, no forced vaccinations, no government re-education, no socialist distancing, no executive orders, no mask mandates, no checkpoints. Businesses are open. Public events, open. Churches, open. She said, I trusted my people. They trusted me. They took personal responsibility for dealing with the, with the virus. And we're doing very well. That sounds like good old America. Remember back in the good old days, folks? You got some years on you? So, dude, he he took an advertisement riding the shirt tail of uh, Christy Noam, who is the Republican governor of South Dakota. And his uh, slogan is, Your Freedom Uncompromised. Now, as I mentioned before, I just talked about the crazy things that people are doing, pretending to be other genders and all that kind of stuff, foolishness. There's a lot of people that just uh, you can't trust what they say, and particularly politicians. But it just seems, you know, one of the Ten Commandments happened to be don't lie. And if you boil life down to 10 things, that's a pretty important one. But I've never found out of anybody that said that they hadn't lied some in their life. So Kamala Harris just announced she's going to join Joe Biden to the run for the presidency. And uh, she has a, a, a bunch of amazing claims. One of them is uh, that she smoked pot in college while listening to Tupac and Snoop. Right. So I can't I can imagine her smoking pot and I can imagine her smoking pot in college. But she graduated from college in 1986. But two Tupac's first album came out in 1991 and Snoop's first album came out in 1993. Now, some people just like to lie because it sounds good, I guess. But if she is going to either those guys got to change their date of of uh, 
celebrity status or she needs to go to college at a different time. So uh, it's amazing to me when people lie like this. It's like it's like when the uh, Southwest airline pilot came on and because I didn't want to wear a mask, he came on. I was the only, everybody else was wearing masks. I don't know why he had to say it if it wasn't just for me. It's a state law in California, Nevada. You have to wear a mask. But Kamala Harris isn't the only one. She just happens to be in the spotlight right now. And people are looking closely at her and say, is this a person we want to trust with our vote? I think, man, if she's willing to, why would you want to, if you want to say I smoke marijuana, say you smoke marijuana. That's not going to get you voted down as president anymore. anymore. Clinton said he smoked, he just didn't inhale. So, but she had to lie and somehow connect it to Tupac because she maybe said, I'm a Tupac. Why didn't she just say, I love Snoop and I love Tupac and I smoke weed. But no, she has to say it was in college and like we did this and the, we were like rocking it in college with Tupac and Snoop. But she's too old for that. She's an old babe. But the other one that that got that lied routinely and, and she didn't need to lie. It's Hillary Clinton. She just lied to be lying. Oh, I landed in, I landed in Estonia or I landed, I can't remember where they were landing, Yugoslavia or I landed and there were snipers shooting and they were, it was dangerous and there were bullets whizzing by. But you know, the thing is, there's a video of the whole thing and she was like getting flowers and candy and so Hillary Clinton, when she ran for president, she said that she was named Hillary after Sir Edmund Percival Hillary, or normally you hear him named Sir Edmund Hillary. He's a New Zealander, a mountaineer, explorer, and philanthropist. And she said, I was named after him because he had just climbed Mount Everest. The problem is Hillary, unless her mom and dad didn't want to name her, until several years after she was born. Hillary was born on October 26, 1947. But Sir Edmund Hillary didn't make the trek up Mount Everest until May 29, 1953. I have not, none of my acquaintances or even people I've met in life went by it for the first five or six years of their life. And then they decided, okay, we decided we're going to name her after him because he's a Mount Everest hero. But then it goes even deeper. There's a ga- gal named Rachel Dolezal, D-O-L, like the fruit, dole fruit, Dolezal, Z-A-L. And she was raised in a white, blonde family, heralding from Nor- somewhere in the Norwegian area of the world. Finland, Norway, something, right? She was very white, blonde hair, but she liked black people. She felt an affinity to the black culture. And um, so she changed her hair and curled it really tight and let it grow out. So it kind of looked a little halfway fro, a little fro and tended her skin as best she could got under the heat lamps, the lamps, sun lamps and all that, and got her looking like maybe she had a black in her background somewhere. 
and she talked her in herself into being one of the leaders of the NAACP, the head of the NAACP, not in some small town like where I'm living, but in Spokane, Washington. But somebody figured out that she wasn't really what she said she was. And I think her parents came forward at some point who she'd been estranged from and just said, you know, actually, she's just us. She's just white folk, right? If you want to, you want to, if she loves black folk, that's good. Just we ought to love everyone else, right? But she's really not black. But she took it a step farther and she then changed her name to Nakechi, K E C H I, N K E C H Y, I, Diallo. And um, she was collecting welfare and food stamps, child assistance from the state. But then she was started working and she was teaching a college course on black studies, no less. And she wrote a book in full color, Finding My Place in a Black and White World. And uh, I don't know why they began looking at her, but they maybe it's because she wasn't reporting all this income she was making to the state of Washington so they could determine whether whether she was justifiably deserving of nearly $9,000 in food and child care assistance. So she pled guilty to welfare fraud. Key Democrat person, again, a white person saying she's a black person. It's not like Bruce Jenner, who is Olympian. And he... Uh, said, I'm a woman, right? And it's like women saying they're men, et cetera, et cetera. Court documents later showed she had deposited nearly $84,000 into her bank account over a two-year period from a variety of sources without reporting most of it to the Department of Social and Health Services, led to charges of welfare fraud. Welfare in, in California is so loose, so lenient, that when... Um, a young lady was given immunity on a murder case here, but ended up having sex with the DA. She was committing welfare fraud. She was getting up to $10,000 being paid off as an escort. And yet she was ch collecting child care payments. But nobody would prosecute her. Here's some hypocrisy in politics. Uh, and maybe I will wait. Uh, let me just start it. Here's here's hypocrisy in politics. You mean you know whenever Clinton does anything, uh, it's toxic, and he's a racist, and he's a homophobe. He's everything, right? But if anybody else does it, white or black, they're good. It's like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton loved Clinton. Uh, loved uh, Trump. They praised Trump. They gave awards to Trump for helping the black community. Uh, hiring the black community in construction projects, uh, helping their various humanitarian efforts. And yet when he, as soon as he announced for president, he was a racist. You remember that? So we'll get back to that in a couple minutes. We're going to end our uh, third segment here and uh, then we'll do four more segments. So we got some good clips coming up for you. So hang on and we'll be right back. Like it Don't be ashamed. Let your conscience be your guide. But I 
know deep down inside of me I believe you love me Forget your foolish pride Life is too short to have sorrow You may be here today and gone tomorrow Might as well get what you want So go on and live Baby, go on and live Tell it like it is Hey everyone, I'm sure that most of you are probably familiar with the children's folktale, The Emperor's New Clothes. But for the few of you that have never heard about this story before, I'll just offer a brief summary because I think that it perfectly encapsulates the deceitful situation that America seems to be collectively indulging in at the moment. Two swindlers arrive at the capital city of an emperor who spends lavishly on clothing at the expense of state matters. Posing as weavers, they offer to supply him with magnificent clothes that are invisible to those who are stupid or incompetent. The emperor hires them and they set up looms and go to work. A succession of officials and then the emperor himself visit them to check their progress. Each sees that the looms are empty, but pretends otherwise to avoid being thought a fool. Finally, the weavers report that the emperor's suit is finished. They mime dressing him and he sets off in a procession before the whole city. The townsfolk uncomfortably go along with the pretense, not wanting to appear inept or stupid, until a child blurts out that the emperor is wearing nothing at all. The people then realize that everyone has been fooled. Although startled, the emperor continues the procession, walking more proudly than ever. The reason that this story perfectly encapsulates the current state of America is because millions of Americans seem to recognize that the narrative that the left is peddling is false, that it's riddled with colossal lies. However, despite the fact that these lies are inflicting indescribable damage on our country, many of us are choosing to keep silent or even to publicly agree with the lies out of fear of societal backlash, shaming, and cancel culture. The coronavirus is a deadly global threat, we're told. People aren't allowed to open their businesses in order to pay their rent and to put food on the table for themselves and their families. They can't attend the funerals or weddings of their loved ones, and they can't visit their sick loved ones in the hospital either. But meanwhile, Black Lives Matter and Antifa are given free rain to take to the streets by the thousands in the midst of this pandemic, and they are defended by the mainstream even as they violently loot, commit arson, physical assault, and murder. We're also told that racism and discrimination is bad against all racial groups except when it comes to white people. White people are allowed to be dehumanized and demonized, and as punishment for speaking out against this inhumane treatment, we are labeled white nationalists, white supremacists, and Nazis. We're also told that black Americans are disproportionately targeted, even though the data proves the opposite. If you haven't yet seen this data, I'll link the video in which I present it in the description. And meanwhile, some of the provably largest issues in the black community are ignored, such as fatherless homes and black on black crime. We're also told that political violence is inexcusable, that right-wing violence is the biggest threat warranting mass monitoring and crackdowns, despite the fact that we've seen countless acts of political leftist violence over the past few months. However, instead of having any semblance of principles, instead of maintaining the position that violence is immoral, the left ignores this violence, twists it, and even sometimes promotes it when it's committed by their own side. Political violence is immoral, 
regardless of whether it's committed by the right or the left. It should never be defended, excused, or encouraged. When I was a student back in grade school, my teachers often used to refer to America using the common descriptions that many of us heard. That America was the land of opportunity, America was the land of the free, and the home of the brave. At the time, I believed these words wholeheartedly. But that was back then, and this is now. Sure, there still is a lot of opportunity, however, it's beginning to increasingly depend on where you fall in the victim hierarchy, or whether or not you have the quote-unquote correct political beliefs. And sure, there's still a lot of freedom, however, it only seems to be freedom for those who submit to the ruling ideology. For everyone else, freedom seems to be merely a simulation. Behave yourself, keep in line, and the simulation will continue, even until the end of your life. However, should you ever decide to start asking the wrong questions, or worse, challenging these questions and sharing their answers with others, the hammer comes down. As for America being the home of the brave, sure, there are plenty of brave people in every state and at every level. Although, I'm not sure that I would say that the majority of Americans are brave. This, of course, can change. However, at the moment, it doesn't seem to be the case. If it were the case, we would be seeing the majority of Americans taking a stand. Losing our jobs and our reputations would be but a small price to pay if it meant saving our countries, not only for ourselves, but for our children and for future generations. But sadly, most of us seem to be too afraid. And in not wanting to confront this fear, we lie to ourselves, telling ourselves that our civic duty merely extends to casting a vote during election year, that Donald Trump or some other politician will single-handedly save our country. But the truth is that America isn't the same country that it used to be. It's deteriorating more and more by the day. A future of freedom for ourselves and our loved ones isn't guaranteed. We can lose our freedoms, and all of us, no matter where we live, can lose our countries. We can, in fact, have to suffer an extremely bleak and totalitarian period within our lifetimes. And I think that the sooner we admit this, the better, because this is the first step towards taking a stand. In a way, we all have to be like the little child in the emperor's new clothes, who was both brave and truthful enough to call out the lies. We can't measure the truth according to the number of people who believe in something. Not to mention, the more people we have calling out the lies, the more comfortable others will feel in joining them. That said, it's totally understandable why few would want to be the person who's running at the head of the crowd, because this is a role that's extremely difficult, it comes with a ton of responsibility, and it makes you a target. But we do need leaders. While it can sometimes feel like we're just spectators watching some kind of freakish film unfold due to the fact that much of the information we receive comes from the internet, we are not in fact in a movie. What's happening now in America is real. It's deeply affecting our states, our cities, and our towns. The good news is that neither victory nor defeat is some kind of destined fate. Each one of us has the power to affect and change the outcome. In the end, what happens to our country truly is up to us. Take this mask and shut I ain't wearing it no more Y'all look at me like I'm from Mars When I don't wear it in the store Don't even try to make me put it on Or I'm walking out the door Take this mask and shut Been shopping in this place for almost 15 years. 
And I've seen all kinds of viruses, but I've never lived in fear. Now I know that Corona's real and it probably ain't a lot to ask. But I ain't a bank robber and I ain't the Lone Ranger and I don't want to wear this mask. Take this mask and shove it. I ain't wearing it no more. Y'all look at me like I'm the devil when I don't wear it in the store. Don't even try to make me put it on or I'm walking out the door. Take this mask and shove it. I ain't wearing it no more. COVID-19's a real bad dude and they say there ain't no cure. Hydroxychloroquine or a new vaccine, I just can't be sure. Think I'll drink a little shine every morning when I start my day. Might not kill the virus, but it'll give me the courage to say, Take this mask and shove it. Corona needs to be gone. My woman stays home, spends all my money on Amazon. I just want to hug everybody like I did before. So take this plague and shut. We ain't taking it no more. All right. So you remember that uh, with all the uh, Antifa and BLM, Black Lives Matter, tearing down all kinds of statues, statues who did wonderful things for black people, statues that did wonderful things for civil rights. They just tore down... What they're doing is just like ISIS did in the Middle East. They're, they're destroying our history because that's what communism is. They eliminate all traces of history. Kids grow up not having any sense of where we came from. You want to detach them from their roots. So uh, there was a discussion of we need the next thing we do is forget these statues. We need to just knock those over, but we need to destroy Mount Rushmore. Now, in 1996, Bill Clinton visited Mount Rushmore. During his reelection campaign, and ABC News called it a place where American ingenuity and American creativity came together and formed an amazing American accomplishment. It's kind of what I feel like amazing. Who did that? In 2008, when Barack Obama campaigned there, CNN called Mount Rushmore a majestic site and every president, every president should visit here. 2016, Bernie Sanders campaigned there and said he was humbled to be in the presence of four of the greatest presidents. CNN described the scene as awe-inspiring. In 2020, when Trump went, CNN called it a celebration of white supremacy, and Trump will stand between or before two former slave owners. In other words, two of the members on Mount Rushmore they claimed were slave owners. So they didn't do anything else. They just focused on slaves. That's why they got up there their mug on Mount Rushmore. Trump will stand before two slave owners on land wrestled away from the Native Americans. Just seems like the media has an agenda when they want to have an agenda, right? So let me just give you a perspective. I don't know where where your head's at here on the... Uh, August 15th. 
2020. But it, since the first of the year, just a few months, they closed your business. They closed your schools. They closed your churches. They closed your beaches. They banned your parties. They banned your funerals. They banned graduation ceremonies. They banned nursing home visitors. They banned hospital visits. They banned dads in delivery rooms. They banned travel to certain states. They even designated what constitutes a meal. They allowed protests, riots, anarchists to co-op cities, the storming of police precincts, the assault of peacekeepers, multiple funerals for people that fit their agenda, businesses to be destroyed, gun stores to be closed, statues to be vandalized and taken down, churches to be set on fire, and the infringement of our liberty. They allowed our Constitution to be ignored, and the fellow that wrote this says it's you better vote wisely in the, in a, in November to preserve or save America. One fellow says, "I eat expired. I'll eat expired unrefrigerated sushi prepared in a hospital's COVID ward by a homeless meth addict before I vote for Joe Biden." Honestly, if anybody is out there and they believe Joe Biden is actually going to be president of the United States, even if he gets elected. Uh, you're just smoking crack out there. Hey, I wanted to mention, uh, I uh, I run this trauma intervention program. We're doing it, it there on a 26th year. And we um, we go out on 911 calls. We've, we've, even though everything, COVID changed everything, the Wuhan flu changed everything, we have continued to go out on scenes and done calls with fire, police, sheriff, the ambulance service, the hospital, everything. We've just done normal. We do about 38 calls a month. It's a program that has we're very lean on administration. All the money we get, it's all volunteer. It all goes to help survivors of horrible situations. We've had drownings recently. In fact, we'll probably have some this week. We have weather that's when it gets over 100 degrees, people get in the river, they get in the lakes, they get anywhere it's cool, and sometimes they don't know how to swim and they don't know how dangerous things are. So we've had a, we had a, a double drowning. <clears throat> we had three people die in a fire last month. Uh, we had baby, a baby drown. We've had, you know, just gnarly stuff. But we have trained citizens that go out. And uh, once a year, we raise some money for it. So this is the time of year. So I'm going to mention this every once in a while that if you're looking for a good cause to give to where the majority of your money doesn't go for fancy salaries, that would be us. And so the money that you give goes to like we don't have a building we pay rent on or we're buying a building. We're not doing that. You're not paying for bricks and mortar. You're not paying for big retirement and salaries. Um, you're paying for helping your fellow man, fellow citizens with resources and training both emergency responders how to use us and training our own people how to go out and help people at the very first few hours of a trauma. So um, you can help us by, I'll give you a couple different options without spending too much time on this. Uh, If you want me to send you a packet, you can just reach out to me at lou at nohostagesradio.com or you could just send money a check to tip uh, TIP PO Box 88 sorry PO Box 645 PO Box 645 Marysville 95901 that's Marysville California 95901 so that's TIP which stands for Trauma Intervention Program 
but tip will do. And uh, we'll send you uh, an acknowledgement of that money sent, and uh, all that money will go to a wonderful cause. Nobody has ever in 26 years said, oh, I don't think it's good to go out and help people who just lost the most important person in their life. So we help little kids all the way up to old folks. Uh, It doesn't matter what flavor they are, what country they're from, what language they speak. We just help everybody. And we do it all with trained, highly trained volunteers. So uh, there's a number of ways you can give it. Like you can send me a check. That would be all your money would go directly to us. You could go to GoFundMe. And GoFundMe keeps a little bit. You could go to GoFundMe.com backslash tip, T-I-P, 2021. 2021 because we're raising funds for next year, 2021. GoFundMe.com backslash tip 2021. So you can go there or you could go on our website and and you can uh, at Yuba Sutter Tip. If you wonder, oh, I've never heard of this before. I wonder what's up. Don't Don't just take my word for it. You can go to Yuba Sutter Tip, S-U-T-T-E-R, Yuba, Y-U-B-A, Yuba Sutter Tip, all one word, dot com, and check out our website. And then if you're interested in uh, in giving, you can click on the Get Involved button, the Donate button. I noticed today when I was checking it out before the uh, podcast uh, is seems defective, so we have to rework that. But if you click on Get Involved, it takes you to, to a donation page. So we'll even take donations of uh, places like condos or things that you can go do, uh, vacation rentals where people rent them out, and then then we'll auction them off. So if it's an in-kind type gift, you can contact me, and we can work that out, or you want to donate an item that can be auctioned off. I know Portland Tip in Washington, uh, Portland, Oregon, they had a Harley-Davidson, a used Harley-Davidson given to them and they auctioned it off made money so sometimes an item that you want to uh, donate is more profitable to you than giving cash so that's tip and uh so now i want to uh i don't know whether you've uh been observing some of these mask wearers but i have a photo of a guy who i've seen a lot of these guys around town they have a mask and but it's not over their nose it says, below the nose community stunned as study shows nose connected to lungs. And so this guy has a mask, but it starts below his nose and goes right around under his chin. It says, the article says, scientists with the National Institute for Understanding Basic Anatomy shocked the world today by announcing the discovery that in humans, the nose is actually attached to the lungs. The revelation deals a stunning blow to the growing community of those who wear COVID masks below the nose. What? How can that be? Asked an incredulous Roger Schmutz of Peoria, Illinois, mask dangling from his upper lip. My nose is right next to my mouth. How was it not connected to the stomach? It just doesn't make any sense. Well, you can, without too much effort, you can notice around town, a lot of people feel that their nose is connected to their stomach. The other thing I noticed, I have some friends that have been deported. I met them in Yuba County Jail. It's also an uh, immigration facility. P- 
people fighting their cases to stay in the United States, and some of them were deported to Mexico. And I've stayed in contact on Facebook, and uh, I'm checking to them, well, how's things going? Do you have a place to live? If they didn't, I would get them a place to live down there in Tijuana where they dump them across the border because I know people that work there in Tijuana, and they have places to live for people and for emergencies. And so I find out, hey, you got a place to live, you got work. And so, so I'm learning something about even Mexicans that are being returned. They're actually Mexican citizens, but they've been living up in the States for years. Now they got back in Mexico. And they say, Lou, I can't vote. I can't go to work yet because they don't have an ID. I said, oh, that's kind of like in the United States. They got laws just like the United States. So I noticed this, and it was a photo of um, a woman her ID card, and it said Instituto Federal Electoral. And then underneath it says Registro Federal de Electores. It's a voter registration, and it has all her information on there and her photo. And it says, to vote in Mexico, every eligible Mexican citizen. Now, I don't even know what an eligible Mexican citizen looks like. But let's just pretend we know. It says, to vote in Mexico, every eligible Mexican citizen has to have a tamper-proof photo ID card with a thumbprint and an embossed hologram. All citizens are required to personally enroll and show proof of birth or citizenship. Applicants are required to personally return to collect their voter voting credential. It says, so how is it that we can't upgrade to Mexican standards in the U.S. without being called racist? You ever thought about that? Thomas Sowell said, historians of the future will have a hard time figuring out how so many organized groups of strident jackasses succeeded in leading us around by the nose and morally intimidating the majority into silence. Interesting. I I need to stop right here. And um, I'm going to go over some information about George Floyd, if I can pull it up here, <clears throat> it talks about the autopsy of George Floyd, you know, that supposedly was murdered by the cop. Now, some people claim that was all just photoshopped and nobody even murdered anybody. I don't really believe that. I think George died, felt sad for George. I work with a lot of people just like George Floyd had a gnarly past. And some people said he came to Jesus. He had a came to come to Jesus experience, and he had a ministry. But when they when they ran on to him, he wasn't. You know, now you've probably seen the new uh, the videos of the uh, the camera videos of before he was laying in the street, and it showed him giving the the police just a gnarly hard time. You know, the 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 media just doesn't want to show you the truth, do they? The autopsy it says though thorough the report fair and unbar- um, uh, was thorough the report fair and unbiased the report shoots down any chance of a murder conviction now the Muslim Attorney General of Minnesota the black Muslim Keith Ellison is 
I think he's either got a third or second degree charges against the cops. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. I'm going to just, I'm just going to pick some high points here and talk about mainly George Floyd. Uh, it said, the first thing that jumps out when reading the Floyd autopsy report is no life threatening injuries were identified. There were no facial oral mucosal or conjunctival pedicai noted. Most people have never heard the word pedicai. That's pinhead size red and purple spots on the surface of the skin, which result from tiny ruptures in blood vessels caused, causing hemorrhages. Blood vessels causing hemorrhages just below the skin. They are normal and expected when air and body and air and blood flow are cut off at the neck by any mechanism. The eyes are the best place to see that. If blood circulation cut off, blood pressure spikes and blood vessels rupture to cause pedicai. The pathologist who performed the autopsy dissected George Floyd's neck muscles layer by layer. The dissection did not find contusions or hemorrhages in any of the muscles. The pressure by Derek Chauvin's knee against Floyd's neck had cut off. Uh, if if the pressure had cut off the blood flow, the pressure also would have ruptured blood vessels, causing bleeding into the surrounding tissues. In other words, it didn't happen. He had his he had his foot on he had his knee on there, but uh, it didn't do the damage that everybody jumped to conclusions about. If if Chauvin's knee had cut off Floyd's air supply, it would have broken the esophageal cartilage. That is 100% certain. Place your thumb and index finger on your esophagus. Press backwards into your neck. When you get as far back as you can, push comfortably. Lock your fingers, pull them out, and see how big your esophagus really is. You don't collapse the esophagus to the point of cutting off air without breaking the cartilage. In the forensic uh, in the forensic autopsy, the pathologist examined the esophagus in place, then removes it, cuts the entire length open, examines the inside. Floyd's neck and esophagus had no trauma. The thyroid cartilage. Anyway, that's that. I'm just tell, I'm giving you some high points here. There was no chest wall, soft tissue injuries. Um, I won't go through the whole autopsy. The other thing that's troubling is that Floyd uh, was a sick boy. He had heart problems, had heart disease. Some of his arteries were almost completely plugged. He had hypertension. Uh, the individual that called 911 said that day that Floyd was extremely drunk and not in control of himself. As recorded in one video, Floyd's legs buckled and he fell beside a squad car. He could not control himself. He tested positive for fentanyl 11, or it tells how many uh, milligrams, fentanyl. Positive for fentanyl. Blood concentrations had been associated with fatalities with, where multi-drugs were used. Floyd was a multiple drug user. Floyd also Floyd tested positive for norfentanyl, a metabolite of fentanyl. In other words, the body metabolizes fentanyl into norfentanyl. Floyd tested positive for uh, 4-ANPP, is an intermediate in the synthesis of fentanyl. In other words, there's different aspects of the fentanyl were found in his blood. 
Uh, a urine drug screening confirmation showed morphine, and that probably also came from the fentanyl. Uh, he had smoked weed. He had THC in his body. He tested positive for caffeine. He had a lot. The, his uh, They said that he uh, liked to take no-dose and drink five-hour energy drinks, which are caffeine-based. Caffeine may seem, may seem harmful, but it is a stimulant that increases heart rate, spikes blood pressure. People with hypertension should, should limit their caffeine intake, as the doctor told me. said, Lou, you don't have hypertension, but don't drink energy drinks. It'll kill you, give you a heart attack. Floyd was big on strong caffeine through energy drinks. Floyd also had methamphetamine in his system. Methamphetamine can cause confusion, hallucinations, convulsions, and circulatory collapse. A man with high blood pressure and heart disease should never get high on methamphetamine. So, Seven slides of George Floyd's liver showed showed marked congestion. Eight slides of his kidney showed marked congestion. Nine slides of his adrenal gland showed marked congestion. Nine slides of his spleen showed marked congestion. George Floyd was a sick boy. I'm just skipping through and getting the high points. So we have a guy that's got all kinds of drugs on board, has a really bad heart, and um, but we blamed it on the cop, right? Because George Floyd was fighting him a long time before they ever got to the ground. You thought, oh, he was just compliant, and he laid down on the ground, and he said, hey, 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 put the, put the knee over here on my neck. We'll be right back. I'm going to take uh, just a swig here of cold water and uh, we'll be right back and pick up with our fourth segment What are you doing? I'm hunting. Who are you hunting? I'm hunting Antifa. What the hell is Antifa? Oh, they're these small, hairy little rodents. You usually find them living in the burrows of Demorats. The males are little scrawny things, and the most unusual thing about them is they have no testicles. The females, they're about twice the size of the males. Usually they have orange or blue hair, and their mouth is almost as big as their ass. They're generally found in the city, but they've been wandering out into the suburbs in the country now. What are you using for bait? Oh, I use a decoy to bring them in. What kind of decoy? Right there. America. As to what is right and what is wrong, it's time to make up your own mind. You're simply going to have to rely on yourself. Exhibit one. You cannot open your business if you own a gym. In fact, you risk arrest and loss of your license no matter how hard you try to comply with the rules, how hard you clean the facility, how much distance you put between gym members. But no stress. If you want a mass protest, have at it. 
Governor Phil Murphy exempted political protests from pandemic restrictions and joined thousands to protest. Go for it, guys, it's your time. But don't you dare go to work. Make sense to you? But just today, Attila's gym owners made up their own minds as to what was right and used force to open up their gym that had been barricaded by the state. The consequences of their actions are yet to be seen. Exhibit 2. You cannot go to church, synagogue, or mosque in numbers of more than 50, but multiply that number or bring 499 of your friends and all 500 of you hit a movie theater down the street or, hell, all of you show up at a casino, hang out, play blackjack, hit the roulette wheel, throw some craps. So says the United States Supreme Court. Yep, there's a cap on the number of people who can attend religious services at 50, but not for pro-profit companies like casinos and theaters that can have 500. And you can thank Justice John Roberts for joining the left yet again and praise President Trump's appointee, Neil Gorsuch, for the dissent that reads, quote, there is no world in which the Constitution permits Nevada to favor Caesar's palace over Calvary Chapel. Make sense to you? Exhibit 3. You cannot protect federal courthouses in this country because if you do, you're a violent occupying force who brings terror on peaceful protesters, the ones who are actually bombing, burning, and destroying those courthouses. If you protect these halls of justice, you are nothing more than the enemy bringing fear to city streets. So says Oregon's Governor Kate Brown and Portland's Mayor Ted Wheeler. Forget that the leftists have injured over 240 Department of Homeland Security officers and intentionally blinded three over more than 60 days of violent upheaval. Forget that section uh, that 40 USC section 1315 requires the Department of Homeland Security to protect federal property. Forget that neighbors are frightened, petrified, and haven't slept in more than 60 days. Make sense to you? Exhibit four. You cannot use hydroxychloroquine as a possible therapeutic for use in the early stages of the coronavirus because it can kill you. And it's now actually against the law in one state to use it off-label. The drug that has been used for 60 years is now demonized, marginalized, and in some states banned for use as a treatment because President Donald Trump dared to mention it. In spite of the fact that scores of frontline doctors and healthcare workers continuously recommend its benefits, along with zinc and a Z-pack, for use both prophylactically and in the early stages of the virus. Our own Dr. Mark Siegel prescribed it for his dad and said it was a miracle cure for him. And yet to others, it must be outlawed. Makes sense to you. So one me two, yeah. I can't go for that.
All right, so that's George and uh, what they did is they used George just like they used Tremont Martin and they used uh, Michael Brown and Jeff in a the uh, oh in Missouri to cause riots go out and break windows, steal vodka and tennis shoes. And so that's just what we're dealing with here, folks. And uh, I was just talking to somebody before I started the show today about uh, which cities are going to just stand up to Antifa and BLM. And they are around the country. You don't hear much about them. You just hear where they aren't, where the Democrat, the Democrat governors, the Democrat uh, mayors are encouraging Antifa because they're all funded by George Soros. Got that? George Soros. And that's and they're wanting to overthrow the, the nation. If you don't if you don't get all this, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to inform those that uh got got their head out from the dark spot. So I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, a lot of times people are afraid of this. I wrote an article for the Territorial Dispatch about the facts and figures on who's killing who on blacks. They wouldn't run it because they they were full of fear. It wasn't that there were anything wrong with it, just full of fear. So we talk about this country's being racist. I think we're going to, when I finish this, you're going to say we got an ethnic group that's racist and the country's not doing too bad. So we have black people are 13 percent minority. Uh, now we have a national anthem that's black. We have a black president. We have a black attorney general. Uh, we did. We had a black attorney general, male and female. Two black. We've had two black Supreme Court judges. 226 African-American judges on the federal bench, past and present, as of January 2, 2020. 39 black judges on the U- U.S. Court of Appeals. 194 black judges on the U.S. district courts. Current percentage of black district court judges is 14%, just a little bit more than the population. Nine black judges on the miscellaneous federal courts. A black U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Ben Carson. Black senior advisors to U.S. president. Black assistants to a U.S. president for public engagement and intergovernmental affairs. The Congressional Black Caucus. 49 black members of Congress, 153 African-Americans to date have served in the United States Congress. The United States Senate, uh, 10 African-Americans elected or appointed uh, office holders. A 27% black presidential cabinet under very white Bill Clinton. The highest black representation to date. Under Clinton, during the same term of a black president, Barack Obama, the number of blacks in the presidential cabinet sank to 6%. Hold that thought. 47 out of 126 women serving in the 116th U.S. Congress, or 37.3%, are women of color. Now hold that thought. 37.3. Four out of 25 major cities of U.S. uh, United States have black mayors. 114 museums are dedicated entirely to African-American heritage, culture, and experience. We have a month, one month of the year. There's only 12 of them. I don't even, we can't, we got so many ethnicities in this country, we can't give everybody a month. But they got a month. February's Black History Month. No white history month. Black holiday, we 
we got a criminal that came out of prison and created Kwanzaa. We have a national black chamber of commerce. We got a black music action coalition. We got a black rodeos for black cowboys only. Did you know that? 101 black only colleges. What if we had white only colleges? What if we had a white only rodeo? 90, 75 black only college graduation ceremonies held in non-black. It's in a non-black university, including Harvard, but we have it all black. You can't go to it if you're white. That's not racist. National Black Justice Commission, LGBTQ, National Black MBA Association, National Black Nurses Association. We can, how come we can't all get together? Whites can't have no white nurses association. White LGBTQ, the National Black Bar Association, National Council of Negro Women, National Council of 100 Black Women, National Association of Advancement of Colored People, National Medical Association. Huh. Can't We can't all like fellowship. National Society of Black Engineers, National Society of Black Physicists, National Urban League. That's black folks. National Negro College Fund, U.S. Black Chambers. We got seven black entertainment networks, BET, TV One, Revolt, Bounce TV, Aspire TV, Soul, on, Soul of the South TV, the Africa Channel. Think we could pull out one of them white channels? Come on. Who's, who's being racist here, folks? Listen to me now. 100 Black Men of America, National Association of African American and Human Resources, National Association of Black Accountants, Black Journalists, Blacks in Energy, American Planning Commission, Black, the Executive Leadership Council for the Development of Global Black Leaders. Who's, who's, who's racist? Information Technology Senior Management Forum, Black Professionals at Senior Levels, Joint Center for Political and Economic Studies for People of Color. What about people of no color? National Action Council for Minorities and Engineering, the Black the Partnership Incorporated, Organization of Black Designers, the Association of Black Psychologists, Blacks in Technology, Black Only Clubs, Black Only Bars, Color Com for Black Women Only. Seventy percent of all football players are black. Seventy percent of blacks in Major League Baseball. Whites just twenty seven point seven percent now. All the rest are people of color. Yet whites are the racists. Huh. You'd think we needed uh, some kind of a right to have a certain percentage of the people on these baseball and basketball clubs. 74.7% blacks in the National Basketball Association. Why don't we just have a black basketball? I think we ought to just national black bat in BBA. I think so we ought to have just had turn that whole league over the black black folks. Just let them. They're, they're good. That'd be entertaining. Black, the Black Basketball Association. Let's just turn it over. Let the whites do something else. 25.4% of blacks in jazz music. Affirmative action, a set of laws, policies, guidelines, and administration practices to boost employment and participation of blacks at every level of society includes government-mandated, government-approved, and voluntary private programs as far back as 1961. Did you know that today in this racist, white racist America, that there's 2.6 million African-American owned businesses in the U.S.? That's up from 1.9 million just 13 years ago. African-Americans have operated virtually every kind of company 
but some of the most prominent black-owned businesses have been insurance companies, banks, recording labels, funeral parlors, barber shops, beauty salons, restaurants, soul food restaurants, record stores, bookstores. Prince George's County, Maryland, is one of the most affluent. For you and Linda and Oliver, so that means they got a lot of money. African-American majority counties in the United States with five of its communities identify in the 2015 top 10 list. we got some rich folks there, people. Top seven fastest growing black-owned companies with mostly black employees called Black Media, Black Spot Media, Mobile Defenders, Green Up Industries, Preparing People Barber Styling College. RWD Consulting, Active Face Sports, MCB Lighting and Electrical. Honestly, people, this is it, it should be embarrassing to the black community to turn around and keep haranguing other ethnic groups that somehow they're being picked on. Black-owned businesses account for a substantial amount of U.S. revenue. The top 100 African-American-owned companies together generated about $30 billion in revenues and employed more than 71,000 workers in the United States in 2018. Most of these have been established in just the last few de- decades. Below is just a partial list of black magazine, upscale magazine. What if we had a white magazine? Upscale Magazine, African American Golfers Digest, American Legacy Magazine, Black Bride and Groom Magazine, Black Enterprise Magazine, Black Family Digest, Black MBA Magazine. There's just a huge list. I won't even read them all. There's thir- there's dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of just they're just for blacks. It's a lie, people. It is a lie that somehow blacks' lives don't matter. I, I just, I'm skipping over all this. I can't spend the whole day talking about it. It's unbelievable. The, the success of blacks in this country, that's the biggest indictment on those blacks that do not succeed. It has nothing to do with white people. It has nothing to do with Mexican people. It has nothing to do with Asian people. It has to do with black people screwed up in the head. Lousy schooling. Instead of doing their homework, they did crack. Doing their homework, they did crack. Before I go on, I want to mention Monty Hecker, who has been a big, big supporter and big uh, worker on patriotic causes here in our community. But he makes his living at Elite Universal Security, and that's located at 5548 Federal Boulevard. Monty will help you protect what's yours. He has guards. He had guard service, patrol services, armed guards, unarmed guards. They can travel through your farms, travel around your businesses, your houses, tell you how to protect yourself better, look over where you're, you're weak and vulnerable, and make suggestions. If you want a job, they have all kinds of jobs right now. They want good people, people to get up in the morning and go to work. They're honest people. They want good people with a good character. Uh, They will train you. You can start out there. They will train you on how to be a guard. They'll train you to be an armed guard or an unarmed guard. 
they got jobs all the way up and down Northern California. You do not have to live in Marysville, Yuba City, Yuba, or Sutter counties. They got jobs all up and down California. And you can uh, you can go to their website at EliteUniversalSecurity.com uh, or API-Academy.com. That has a, a schedule of all their classes that they do. They can train you online. They can train you in the classroom. They can help you get a concealed weapon permit. They have all kinds of services that they're rendering to the community, including helping people get organized to stand up and protect the Constitution and protect our liberties. So you can call them at 530-749-0280. Also want to give a shout-out to Dave Greenitz, who's constantly telling me nowadays he's busy, 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 and as long as people are patient and they're not wanting to do it tomorrow, he can fit them in. But you can go on his website at greenitzconstruction.com, green with E-T-Z on the end, construction.com, or you can go to his Facebook page at Dave Greenitz Construction. And you can check out these amazing photos of what the bathroom or kitchen looked like once upon a time, the design, what the new design was, and then what, what it looked like after they got done. If that doesn't convince you, you don't want to use these guys. The difference in these guys is they're professional and they're perfectionists. They show up when other people don't. When other people don't keep to their bid, these guys keep to their bid. Uh, these guys actually answer the phone. You can reach them at 530-682-9602, 530-682-9602. Uh, they solve problems. They figure out the best way to do things. They do things well. They leave things clean. They get things done quickly. You ever heard of the thing where they start your job and then they leave and you go do another job and another job and you got the job half done over at your place? That doesn't happen here. They're in and out. And also, since I'm on it, I might as well finish up with mentioning the plumbing doctor. If you got plumbing problems, I see plumbing trucks all over town. They're, everybody's got plumbing problems. Life happens, right? You know, it just makes you appreciate when things work, when the water runs the right way, when everything functions, when you turn on the electricity and it comes on, you think, thank you, Jesus. But sometimes it doesn't work. Like this week, I had a car problem, had to get my car repaired. This week, I had a, a computer problem. Had to get my friend from Texas, Tanner, to work on it up uh, uh, extra locally. I had to get AT&T out here. They helped me uh, with my Wi-Fi. You know, life happens. But what I remember is most of the time it happens really well, and sometimes it gets a little goofy. So I had all kinds of professionals. I tell people, if you want to do well in life, surround yourself with professionals that really know what they're doing. So that's what I do, whether it's repair me or repair my car, or repair the house, or something, something. In fact, I thought I had a water line break of the feed coming in from Cal Water, and uh, Anthony Meyer, who I've known for years, his family showed up at my house at 9 o'clock at night and helped me figure it out, and uh, it wasn't a broken line. We never quite figured out what happened, but it didn't cost me anything, and he was a great service, great Great uh, uh, operator for Cal Water. Great public servant for Cal Water. So they tell me that all these uh, people are getting gnarly on masks. Some of these governors are saying, you got to wear a mask in our state. 
you got to wear a mask. And if you don't wear a mask, we're going to fine you. I just think this is the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen in my life. Masks are a total joke, a total joke. They do not stop you from getting a disease and they do not stop you from giving a disease to somebody else. Uh, What does stop you from giving a disease to somebody else is if you get sick is stay home, right? What doesn't help you is when you stay home and you're not sick. That actually does harm to your immune system. But to wear a mask is just stupid. They wear a mask in operating rooms so they don't spit or or their chewing tobacco or their tooth doesn't drop out or their bridge doesn't drop out in somebody's gut. That's it. In fact, there's arguments and there's tests have been done to show that wearing, not wearing a mask doing surgery is better than wearing one. There's less crap following into the open cavity. You think, well, huh? what crap could be following in if you have a mask on? According to Stephen Gundry, who's one of the premier heart surgeons at Loma Linda University down here in Southern California, he did over 10,000. I don't know whatever you've done besides masturbate 10,000 times. He did 10,000 heart surgeries. I can't even, I was trying to figure it out the other day. How many surgeries a day would you have to do to do 10,000 surgeries? He's not doing surgeries anymore. Now he's helping people prevent from having to have a surgery. But he said that when you're, when you're operating on somebody, you're talking constantly to your co-workers, to your other, their nurses and other doctors working around on this heart. And you got the chest open maybe. And he says, as you're jacking your jowls, that mask is rubbing against your skin. If you brush your skin, microscopic cells are dropping off into the cavity, your skin cells that have all kinds of bacteria on it. If you didn't have a mask rubbing on up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down on your chin and your cheek and maybe your, your upper lip or your nose. You wouldn't have all that crap dropping in there. You could have a conversation and not having that stuff drop in there. That's what they found when they did a double blind study. Everybody's heard of the double blind study, right? Ah, uh, well, hydroxychloroquine never had a double blind study, though it was approved 50, 60 years ago. Is If anybody still thinks Andy Anthony Fauci is legitimate, honest guy, honestly, I, I would... <laughs> I'd like to see your checking account. You've probably been ripped off more than once. This guy's a total fraud, along with Deborah Burks, with the with the uh, scarf around her neck, Scarfy Burks, Blinky. So the masks are a total joke, but Southwest Airlines and some of these airlines will arrest you or throw you off their plane if you don't have one. Now, there was a great f- photograph of from the head of the cabin of a plane and it was a photograph straight back right over the heads of all the people. And it was a packed plane. Everybody was masked up. And then they compared it above to a kind of a a second story shot into a church sanctuary, worship area, empty. (laughs) And they said, in the plane, you can't get COVID, but you can get it in, the, in that big building right over there. Unbelievable. 
Everybody knows that the plane, flying around in a plane with three or 400 people in there, is like sitting in a Petri dish. The bacteria floating around in there because of people sneezing and coughing and farting and everything else in there. It's unbelievable. You're breathing the same air over and over. And they claim that that's safer than attending a church service. Now, people, I'm telling you, if there were some really intriguing, intelligent reasons that were given us that were BS, that'd be one thing. But I'm telling you, if they're saying to you, eating inside a restaurant is less sanitary than eating outside a restaurant where everybody just pooped. <laughs> if you buy that, you're, you're just totally, you're, there's no help for you. There's no help for you. We'll be right back and we'll be we'll be doing our fifth segment. Today's continuing anti-racism protests include the claim that fossil fuel use is racist because climate change will hurt minorities most. Climate crisis is a racist crisis. Therefore, the fossil fuel industry will have to pay. But I wonder, have these people ever asked themselves? Can you turn your lights on in the morning? Energy journalist Robert Bryce just made this documentary about the importance of electricity juice. Having electricity doesn't guarantee wealth, but not having it almost always means poverty. Here's our abbreviated version of his movie. Electricity has allowed people, and in particular women and girls, to escape the drudgery of past eras. It has liberated them from the pump, the stove, and the wash tub. But still today, in much of the world, millions have little access to electricity. As a result, the mothers are spending all day long just doing the basic household chores, collecting water. You don't have a fridge, so you have to cook every evening. Not only does electricity reduce labor, but also... Electricity has allowed us to conquer our oldest foe, darkness. For millennia, the cost of having well-lit spaces at night was so high that only the very rich could afford it. That's still true in much of the world. The power goes off. And I began crying constantly because there's no way I'm going to finish memorizing this times table where there's no power. And when there's no power, people often heat their homes by burning things like cow dung. Every year in India, more than one million people die from indoor air pollution. That pollution's a much bigger killer than the fossil fuels American politicians complain about. To whether we should continue producing fossil fuels. There's no debate. No debate? But without fossil fuels, much of the world will freeze in the dark. We just don't yet have enough alternatives to gas and oil. Although one country almost does. We're here in Iceland at Gullfoss Falls. As you can see, this country has enormous hydropower potential. Iceland gets most of its power from constantly moving water. And because Iceland also has hot springs, it gets a quarter of its juice from geothermal power. So electricity is cheap there. But even in Iceland, they still burn oil. There just isn't enough renewable energy to power everything. 
There are over 3 billion people in the world today without adequate access to electricity. In order to empower the low-watt world, we're going to need a lot more juice. But what about climate change? We're told we must move to renewable energy. The planet is dying, and, and all we need to do is spend more on researching green power. In every case where you've had massive infusions or requirements for renewable energy, you've seen costs increase. So what? The planet is dying. But it's regressive. It's going to have a bigger impact, impact on low-income and middle-income Americans. That's putting a higher tax burden on the people who can least afford it. His documentary argues that electricity matters so much, it's cruel to talk about limiting its use. This idea that there's too many people and that we all have to reduce our energy consumption. The only people in the world who say that are rich people. I've never had a small farmer tell me that there's too many people and that we consume too much. How are we going to have a population, all these bright young minds, if they're not plugged in? We have to plug them in now. Four billion people are not gonna say, we'll give up progress if it just slows global warming. Energy poverty versus climate change. There is no easy one-size-fits-all solution. The only certainty is that people will do whatever they have to do to get the electricity they need. You can now watch his entire documentary, subtitled How Electricity Explains the World, on iTunes. The day I took the oath of office, we ended the war on American energy and we stopped the far-left assault on American energy workers. Generations of Texas oil workers before you gave every last bit of sweat and heart and grit that they had to build up this country. We unlocked the full energy potential of Texas and New Mexico. And since my election, oil and gas production in the Permian Basin has more than doubled. But for the first time in nearly 70 years, we have become a net energy exporter. While my administration is fighting for workers like you, the radical left is fighting to abolish American energy, destroy the oil and gas industries, and wipe out your jobs. Today, I'm taking another bold action to support energy jobs in Texas, because as long as I'm president, we will always put America first. My family lives in western Pennsylvania, where fracked gas wells have become a common sight. Will you commit to implementing a federal ban on fracking your first day in office? There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. So, yeah. During eight years of the last administration, America lost 10,000 factories and nearly 200,000 manufacturing jobs. Think of that. In contrast, my administration added over a half a million manufacturing jobs. It was up to actually 701,000 jobs before the plague came in. And if you remember, President Obama, you need a magic wand. No, you don't. We need manufacturing jobs. He said you won't have any more manufacturing jobs. You need a magic wand. He was wrong about that also. I wanted to go back and uh, touch on this again. This Dr. Sonia Angel, or Angel, A-N-J-G-E-L-L, 
was only in her position less than a year before she announced her resignation and email Sunday to her staff. On Monday, despite being asked for by several reporters via phone, Newsom would not disclose if he terminated her, but it was clearly obvious that her departure was related to the data glitch and more likely to overall incompetence. California Public Health Director. Now, she is the gal that tries to run herd on all these public health officials like we have Dr. Death here in Yuba Sutter. So this article, I think it's written by, is it written by uh, Katie Grimes? Yeah, Katie Grimes uh, with the uh, California Globe, I think it's called. She said, what's so odd is that Governor Newsom gave an upbeat press conference on Monday, August 3rd, and announced that COVID cases in the state had declined by 21%. The very next day, Newsom was absent from the podium, and Dr. Mark Galley, G-H-A-L-Y, California Health and Human Services Agency Secretary, said that the governor's good news of 21% decline in COVID cases was wrong. Uh-oh. Due to case undercount because of a data glitch of the backlogged cases. The governor was not seen after last Monday's press conferences when his office revealed the major glitch in COVID until this Monday. He disappeared for a whole week crying and smoking some weed in the back room. The glitch supposedly caused up to 295,000 records to be backlogged. Dr. Sonia wasn't just any state employee. Listen to this. Newsom's team admitted that she was hired for her, not for her medical care. Her name has health in it. Her name has doctor in it. But she was not hired for that. Here's what she was hired for. Social justice activism. Despite that it's been obvious to many practicing physicians, she is incompetent. She's incompetent person. Did you know that? It's scary when you you ever get some surgery. Do you ever take time to figure out who your surgeon is? Unless you got run over in a car accident. If you have some electric surgery, do you ever look up your surgeon, see where they graduated out of 300 people? Were they 300? Number 300 at the bottom. They got a C minus in surgery. Dr. Angel was let go or reassigned right before her scheduled Senate confirmation hearing. Amazing. The weekend before. They called her incompetent. But she was hired not to necessarily improve the, my health. You would think that the health officer of the state of California wouldn't be an interested in improving my health as an old guy. Keep that dude alive. Keep him healthy. Nope. She's interested in social justice. And we're paying her like almost $300,000 a year. But Dr. Galley says, oh, her, she was smart around disparaging, dis, around disparities and thinking about inequities. So here she is. She's a doctor. We hired her to oversee the health of 40 million Californians, but she spends her day thinking about disparities and inequities. Focused on disparities and inequities rather than the public health of all Californians. I'm thankful she's gone. I can't wait to Dr. Death over here in Yuba Sutter's on. She's killing more people and she's keeping alive. 
Katie Grimes says, why was a social justice warrior appointed to the high, high medical position at the California Department of Public Health? Why would we do that? Gavin Newsom appointed her in September 2019. She was coming up for her contract establishment, confirmation, off probation. Well, there you go. That's what's going on with her. I wanted to, um, the, the farther you look into Kamala Harris, or she liked to be called Kamala, Kamala. How about Kamala? First of all, she calls herself an African-American. I just can't figure out how you take an East Indian dad, sorry, East Indian mom, Jamaican father and end up in Africa. This is this shows you the impact of crappy teaching in our public education system when people can't find their geography with both hands. They keep thinking Jamaica is in Africa. Jamaica is in Africa. So somebody said when she got sworn in, she was sworn in to the Senate as an East Indian or an American Indian. I thought, this gal is crazy. So I want to talk to you about her. You know, we have uh, things, you know, people are bringing out things about her term of office as a Secretary of State and term of office as Attorney General, or not Secretary of State, but Attorney General. Attorney General in the state of California, and then she was also the district attorney of the city of San Francisco. So let's let's spend some time looking at David Delighton. You may never heard of David. You've heard of reporters, news reporters, and there's TV reporters and there's uh, print reporters, but a lot of them they just they write stories. They they go out and interview people, write stories, and they put them together verbally or put them together. Uh, with pen and ink. So David Delighton was an investigative reporter. You know what those are? Those, they take on bigger projects, gnarlier things. They need to do some investigation. It's just not somebody telling them something and they write it down. So David Delighton, Delighton, he's with the Center for Medical Progress, He helped expose Planned Parenthood's harvesting and sale of baby parts. Now, maybe you're for abortion, but are you are you into like parting them out like a car and selling their parts even with their born alive alive? So he spoke. David Dalton spoke Tuesday night after Joe Biden announced Kamala Harris would be his running mate. So Delighton said, lots of people are making me what I think of, asking me what I think of the news tonight. And she, he says, Harris is the greatest threat to the First Amendment civil rights our country has ever seen. I know because she had my home raided for speaking the truth about her political patrons at Planned Parenthood. In other words, David Delighton took a video of some conversations, which you can do. You can video them, record them, and then he wrote articles explaining that Planned Parenthood was doing the unforgivable. 
they were selling parts of children to research facilities. So in 2016, as Attorney General of California, Kamala Harris orchestrated the raid of David Daleiden's apartment. They seized his laptop and several hard drives that contained videos he filmed as part of the expose of Planned Parenthood. Some of the confiscated drives contained some very damning footage that is yet to be released to the public because the judge put a gag order on it because the judge pro-abortion. May 13, 2020, uh, a statement announced that Daleiden and his organization were suing Harris, Planned Parenthood, and California Attorney General Becerra for violating Daleiden's civil rights and propping up the abortion industry. Beginning under her leadership, the California Attorney General's office targeted Daleiden's speech under the video recording law at the urging of Planned Parenthood, the National Association of National Abortion Federation, and the STEM Express, a fetal tissue procurement company with deep ties to professional abortion industry. Harris had a secret meeting with Planned Parenthood executives in L.A., including witnesses in her investigation to discuss issues in the investigation as part of the Planned Parenthood's political agenda in California. Two weeks later, Daleiden's home was raided by the California Department of Justice. What were they going to do? Find a bloody knife, a hacksaw, bomb materials. California, he was conservative. That's what they hated. California DOJ reports reveal that they were instructed by Planned Parenthood's attorney, Beth Parker, a defendant in the lawsuit, to seize the computers used to produce those videos. On and on and on ago, the prosecution of Daleiden was to dictate how he would be allowed to present his defense. In other words, the way they were going to do it is they're going to limit because it sounded like he was going to defend himself. California recording law includes an absolute protection for recording recordings made for the purpose of gathering evidence or, or violent crimes. And Planned Parenthood and NAF wanted to block off any evidence or testimony that would reveal criminality in their fetal tissue programs. So instead of going after the person who's trying to save the life of these children and expose criminal malfeasance, criminal malpractice, the government went after the messenger, which was David Daleiden, trying to expose something that's horrible. Credible, right? It's incredible. All right. So Oh, here's here's the part. This is another article on George Floyd. Let me give you the heart disease. It's interesting. If you've had to have your heart checked over, which I have. Several of Floyd's key heart arteries were severely narrowed. Evidence of serious heart disease 
Several were 75% blocked, one was 90% blocked, and that was made worse by where the clogs occurred in terms of the crimping of the supply of the blood to the heart. Blockages of 70% or more usually cause chest pain. That degree of narrowing is sufficient to cause death. Floyd also had an enlarged heart, 48% larger than the average. Uh, It was getting bigger than it should. A heart that is enlarged like that is more likely developed abnormal heart rhythm the autopsy found signs of tobacco use smoking is a high risk factor for heart disease poor george just used all kinds of stuff and it just killed him that's what it did it killed him when he got to wrestling with the cops and got all worked up it just overwhelmed he gave gave him the big one gave him the big one All right. Let's see. Um, Got a few more minutes here, and I will. This article, there was an article down here that says you must protect yourself, must protect yourself. If you have a a gun, I had a friend that helped me, uh, that one of the listeners helped me get my guns cleaned. I have these hunting guns, shotguns, and that uh, I've had for years, but I haven't been using them, so they needed a good cleaning, and she helped me get them cleaned. If you have guns, you need to get guns cleaned and get your ammo ready to go because you never know when you're going to need it. Now you think, oh, yeah, and let me just tell you, say six to eight months ago, did you expect we'd ever have COVID? Would you expect where you couldn't go into stores without wearing a mask? Did you expect that your kids could not attend school? School would be done. Like, I don't know that we'll ever make it back to school. What are we going to do with all those? I was thinking the other day, what are we going to do with all these campuses? We just need to knock them down, get rid of all these campuses. Oh, yeah, here's what I want to do here. Um, This is government cannot protect you. I have lived, I I haven't counted how many presidents that I've lived through, but a bunch of them. I think the first one I really took notice of was Dwight Eisenhower, who was the president right after World War II. And I really didn't do – I wasn't a student of presidencies, but I um, I was interested. I saw it. I saw it on television, et cetera. And uh, so – but I never remembered any president that once he left office, whether he served one term – most of them always served two terms – that uh, – that they would ever criticize the next president, even if the president was of a different party, right? But times have changed now, and you'll see all these liberal Democrats like Carter, Clinton, and Obama all criticize and second-guess the president of the United States, whereas the Bushes and different ones that have served on the other side do not. 
Now, Victor David Hansen, who is a scholar from California, he's a farmer in the Central Valley, but he also teaches Stanford University. Sorry, I need to take a drink. He talks about this fact that Obama is undermining the presidency. You remember when <clears throat> you are, can you be reminded of this earlier Barack Obama saying we need to get in their face. We need if you if you take a gun to a knife fight tells you to get in their face, take a gun to a knife fight, punish our enemies. From time to time Obama ventures ventures he says from his seaside Remember this, the tides are going to rise because of global warming. And so it's going to flood out the the coastal properties. But he lives in a $12 million. You didn't build that Martha's Vineyard estate. And he owns an $8 million with a fence around it. Beautiful home. In Washington, D.C. So remember his slogans, you didn't build that and we need to spread the wealth. How is he spreading the wealth? Is he taking in any homeless people? He advises lesser folk on how we can still save ourselves. Do something redemptive. And he suggests that we're captive to the Bull Connor spirit. Now, it's interesting because Bull Connor was a racist Sheriff, but Bull Connor was a Democrat, just like Obama. He wasn't a Republican. People are like, oh, all those racists in southern, the southern states, they're all Republicans. No, they aren't. They Republicans, the, the Republican Party started with the black people. And a lot of those black people went right into Congress. They won seats. But his latest, Obama's latest tirade was at the funeral of John Lewis, who was a congressman. Instead of honoring John Lewis and remembering John Lewis, Obama just went on this. He lost his mind at the funeral. He criticized Trump's federal marshals to protect a federal courthouse. And he compared it to Democrat Alabama Governor George Wallace. He says Wallace may be gone, but we can witness our federal government sending agents to use tear gas and batons against peaceful demonstrators. He knows that these demonstrators, Obama knows that they're paid to loot, burn, blind, maim, and occasionally kill people. They're not peaceful. He calls them peaceful. He knows that asking, Obama knows that asking for an ID at the polls, like you would at cashing a check or buying a beer or getting a prescription filled, is not racist. Unless he believes that minorities truly are low IQ. But when you interview people in the streets of Harlem, they just... They look at this as highly suspicious and crazy that they say they know where the DMV is. They know how to get an ID. It's not a big problem. It's not a problem showing your ID when you go vote. It's all just hype from the Democrat machine. 
Let me take a quick break here. I'm going to come back and finish up with this. Hey now, all you sinners, put your lights on, put your lights on. Hey now, all you lovers, put your lights on, put your lights on. We still have comedy, though. We still have great comedy out there. There's always rambling Joe Biden. What the fuck? <laughs> Joe says shit that even people with Tourette's go, no. <laughs> no. What is going on? Joe is like her uncle who's got a new drug and hasn't got the dosage right. <laughs> I'm proud to work with Barack America. He's not a superhero, you idiot. Come here. When FDR was on television, there was no TV back then. Come here, Joe. <laughs> Sit down. Rioters have again converged on Portland neighborhoods, chanting, Every city, every town, burn the precincts to the ground. This time, on the 70th night of their lawless attacks, a pair of elderly women met these leftists head-on in Portland, Oregon. The target this time was the city's east precinct. The station reported that an elderly woman, who said she lives in the neighborhood, pleaded with the group to stop the vandalism and stood in the way of those who were splashing paint on the plywood outside of the building. So the rioters did what any anarchist would do. They splashed paint on her and wrapped crime scene tape around her head. As I read an article highlighting the story, the part that got my attention wasn't the behavior of these humans acting like animals. No, there was something more to the story that stood out to me. It was the words that this mob yelled at the woman. This isn't your world anymore. Let that sink in for a second. This isn't your world anymore. This isn't your world anymore. The reality is, these criminals are right. This old woman's sense of virtue, honor, respect for law, and plain humanity no longer have a place in the new world lawless rioters are creating. Thankfully, at this point and time, these grown children are only throwing silly temper tantrums. However, while we focus energy and anger on them, I believe we are being sidetracked from paying attention to the orchestrators of this chaos. Ask yourself, why are police not encouraged to get this under control? Why are the governors, mayors, council members, and civil magistrates not cleaning this mess up when it can be done quickly and efficiently? Why is the president excoriated for offering aid and assistance to citizens in these war zones that he swore an oath to protect? It is almost like these lawless leaders are proud, like proud parents. Make no mistake, the behavior of the mobs in the streets are not only encouraged by their parent figures in office, they have learned this behavior from their parents the nanny state. Consider the numerous governors right now in concert among these United States that have assumed powers not allowed them by the terms of their office and misused the police power to enforce their unlawful edicts, mandates, and orders that destroy the livelihood, businesses, and property of law-abiding Americans. Rather than invoking special emergency powers when their cities are on fire, they invoke power where there is no emergency in order to suspend the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens. What we are seeing is hateful power structures that are willing to suppress, oppress, and deny the God-given rights of people like our brave elderly woman. The reality today is the same reality that has always existed in our world. The two greatest threats to liberty are criminals and government. Thomas Jefferson believed in questions of power then, let no more be heard of confidence in man, but bind him down from mischief by the chains of the Constitution, or else the latter will become a legalized version of the first. 
don't lose your fight, Americans. Our cause is tied with the Creator. This is Jake McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution, bringing you the American view. Shifting production to Thailand and to Vietnam, Thailand and Vietnam. So no, I'm not going to talk about Thailand. My only point about all that is, is that if people around the world, including one billion people in South Asia, pronounce Thailand the way it's spelled, with an H, then Trump can't be entirely wrong about it, can he? The point I want to make, though, is a deeper one. What, why this animus against Trump? Why the desire to show that he's a complete fool and a complete yahoo? The truth of it is that when you compare Trump to his critics, he's in a far better position. Uh, he went to an Ivy League university, Wharton, and most of them didn't. Uh, he lives in a mansion, and they don't. He's traveled all over the world, not just on a cruise, but he's met with world leaders. He's gone to all kinds of places. He's done deals with all kinds of people. He has his name on innumerable buildings around the world, whereas many of his critics, I mean, to look for their name, you'd have to get their driver's license uh, or, their, or their book that they wrote for the tenure committee that seven people have read. So envy, I think is what I'm saying is part of what's behind Trump derangement syndrome. Trump is actually more sophisticated, more successful than they are, and they just can't stand it. And the broader point here is that this is part of the larger cultural animus on the part of journalists and academ academicians towards successful entrepreneurs. Now, the typical academic, let's say the professor of romance languages at Bowdoin College, is not a failure. I mean, the guy lives in a decent home. He has central air. You know, he might drive a secondhand car, but he, you know, he travels first class using his airline miles. Um, so he's doing okay. He's probably paid $120,000 a year. But what really gets him is that he thinks he's the smartest guy on the planet. And he can't believe that some overweight Rotarian with a gold chain on his chest in his own community is pulling in 1.5 million selling term life insurance. Or a guy who owns 15 Denny's franchises and is, do, is far more successful. So what I'm getting at is that our society assigns more rewards to entrepreneurs than to anyone else. And the academic and journalistic class, which is unentrepreneurial, unenterprising, has no idea how to make an iPhone or run a business, but they're masters of words. And they channel those words and feelings into resentment and envy and really hatred of people who are actually just doing, who never give them a moment's thought and are doing better and living better than they are. So, we use uh, IDs for cashing checks, alcohol sales. I use my ID all the time. He knows that if there are voting irregularities in November, they will come mostly from the left and the 
the very mail-in balloting and vote harvesting that they advocate. advocate. You know what vote harvesting is? That's where you go down the voting list and where all your Democrat, or you could do it Republican as well, or where all your certain party affiliation are listed, and you go contact all those people, and you said, can I just come and pick up your ballot and fill it out with you? And then they take it and deposit it for you. We call it ballot harvesting. They have switched entire districts over, and it's been questionable whether it's even legal or not. He advocates making making Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico states. But he knows that both of them are welfare states, and that will just automatically introduce more left-wing senators to take back the Senate. He knows that when he calls for partisan gerrymandering, it's an ancient bipartisan enterprise without which There would not now be a very sizable black caucus in the House because there were politicians that didn't want blacks at all, anywhere. And they were they were Ku Klux Klan, Democrat. They were Democrat politicians. This uh, article says ex-presidents like Ford, Reagan, the two Bushes usually do not attack sitting presidents, unless, of course, they are morally superior liberals such as Carter, Clinton, and Obama. Says here, Obama has always been blind and deaf to the irony of himself. He strikes a moral pose about election sanctity at precisely the time serious disclosures reveal that he knew of or indeed ordered a weaponization of the FBI and perhaps the Department of Justice and the CIA in order to go after an opposition presidential candidate, use the power of the own federal government to destroy a person running for office. Folks, that used to be only behavior of the third world, not America. People have always tried to cheat. There's always corruption in every city. This is not a utopia, and it's never going to be one. This fellow begins to conclude by saying, when the truth is finally known, the nation will learn that the Obama administration was one of the most corrupt in its history by politicizing the IRS and FBI, surveilling the media, unmasking and leak, leaking the names of U.S. citizens swept up, and likely illegal surveillance, destroying the sanctity of the FISA court, and spying on a political campaign with the intent of destroying it before a U.S. election. Did you notice that at today, and today for me is Friday the 14th, I noticed that one of the attorneys that presented the request for FISA warrants of President Trump uh, pled guilty for changing the document, manipulating, something a criminal would do. So if you die a Democrat, they may take your your cause, they may take your death and just mock you 
Victor David Hansen says about 7,000 African-Americans are murdered each year in the streets of our cities, mostly by other young African-American whites. About nine unarmed African-Americans, you're going to think I said in a week, about nine unarmed African-Americans died last year in police custody. That means they were in their squad car or being cuffed or something, something. Nine, that's it. Nine. But if any one of them was shot, he was shot by a racist. But if, if black people go around and beat up people, like they just threw paint on an old lady. I noticed on YouTube. About nine unarmed African Americans died last year in police, police, control, uh, police custody. Not nine, uh, not nine uh, for every hundred, just nine. Nine total people in the United States of America that were unarmed died last year in police custody. Fewer than unarmed whites who were killed by the police. Many more whites. And a smaller number percentage-wise of blacks who were arrested in general by the police for suspected crimes. If Obama is truly concerned about the deaths of young African Americans, he could return to Chicago in about an hour as people of color are currently being gunned down in the streets. He could even attend funerals far less secure and guarded than those that Obama speaks. They're just a long, 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 long list of issues. How about this? Have you heard of the the doctor uh, or the medical uh, prescription remdesivir? Remdesivir? Is it a coincidence? This guy has these lists of a coincidence or follow the dots. Is it just coincidence that remdesivir is made by Gilead and is the cure for COVID-19? China holds the patent on remdesivir through an agreement with Gilead's drug patent sharing among uh, sharing subsidiary branch called Unitaid. The financial backing of Unitaid is George Soros, Bill Gates, and the WHO. We know that the political ties and globalist desires of these people. Gilead and Unitaid were huge financial supporters of Mrs. Clinton. Interesting, huh? Just all tied into this fantastic medical product called remdesivir. Says the approval of American investment in Chinese virology and weapons lab is not allowed without the key highest government approval. In this level, it actually means and requires presidential approval. Fact is, they created this illness and introduced it to the world, whether purposeful or they screwed up and somebody got sick and they didn't do anything about it. 
same way they do around here. They just turn them away from these clinics. Oh, well, you tested positive. You're going to have to go to the hospital or something. They don't, they don't deal with it. I'm just looking for what I want to leave out here. You know that there is a trouble when between azithromycin, hydroxychloroquine, and zinc, and doctor after doctor after doctor are using that or something close relation to that, and they're curing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. No one has died with any of these doctors. And yet, people just won't won't believe them. So Facebook bans them. Google bans them. I'm just scanning down here. We got ten minutes left, so I want to make good use of this time. Okay. All right. Looking back over uh, what we did, see if I missed anything last week that we ran out of time to cover it. Here we go. This is what I wanted to cover last week. I didn't get to it. I mentioned this in an article where a Democrat governors would take elderly people that were in rest homes and if they were sick with COVID, they put them back in the rest home instead of isolating them. And what it did, it infected lots of other people. Why would it infect rest homes worse? Because they're older people. Their immune systems are not what they used to be. Some are fighting illnesses. They're on breathing machines or, you know, like breathing backpacks. They have diabetes, they have cardiopulmonary issues, they maybe have some cancer, they have this or that. So then when you bring in an illness like another illness, it can compromise those things. So both, I think it happened in a number of states, but Bill de Blasio and Gavin Newsom both threw up uh, new hospitals. And de Blasio did it from scratch and... Newsom did it in the old Sacramento Kings arena in Natomas, and they converted that old arena into a hospital. Now, this is where you get into huge government waste and where people are driving an agenda and they're really not uh, being effectual or effective. So it says here that doctors arrived at the arena turned medical center in Sacramento in mid-April and were told to prepare for 30 to 60 coronavirus patients to arrive within days. They spent the weekend working feverishly to get ready. State officials envisioned the cavernous sleep trainer arena and an adjoining facility as a place where hundreds of patients would be treated. But in the first week, just one person arrived, one person with the thing fully staffed, and they're taking care of one person. I want you to think about that. Could you run a business that way? Fully staffed, and you have one client. The pace never increased. And the 250, I want you to think about this. 
and the 250 assembled medical workers, physicians, nurses, pharmacists, administrative staff found themselves wondering, what are we doing? We've only seen one people, and there's 250 of us. You wonder where our government monies go, folks? People began to question within themselves whether they were really needed or not, said Dr. Charles Moore, retired internal medicine physician who worked there for about six weeks. He says there was no plans for what would happen if you gave a party and no one attended. Ultimately, just nine patients in 10 weeks, one a week. The cost to care for them was a staggering $12 million. We paid $12 million for nine people. The Sacramento site was one of 15 temporary medical facilities set up just around California in in anticipation of a huge surge of cases that never came about. I want you to think about that. Same thing, de Blasio spent a fantastic millions and millions of dollars to actually put up a hospital. And uh, it just never was used. They had one gal, Kim Brown Sims, the arena's chief medical nursing officer, wrote a training manual while she's sitting there. The state could use across all of its facilities. Seems like a natural thing to do, right? Crazy. Newsom never brought up this fact. The state was paying the Kings to rent and provide services a cost of $1 million over two months. It'd be nice, huh? If you're in a real estate business and the state came in and said, Hey, we need your building for two months. We'll pay you a million dollars. Come on, man. Is that awesome? The state spent another $7 million on mechanical, electrical, plumbing, and other improvements, according to the Department of General Services. The state also spent another $2.8 million on staff, nearly $500,000 on personal protective equipment, and $1 million on other expenses. Just a million here, a million there, no sweat. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. You know, I just... uh, You you just have to look at the way government operates, and it's just shocking how much waste there is. And they just act like, hey, that's what the cost of doing business. Get over it. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to get over it. You wonder what's going on in San Francisco? Let me give you a little sense. We only got four minutes. We elected a district attorney down there here a couple of years ago now. His name is Chessa. I would never. This is a very sad name for a boy. Chessa Bodine. B-O-U-D-I-N. If, you're, if you haven't lived for very long, you don't know the meaning of this. This article by Katya Sedgwick said, Chessa, District Attorney Chessa, personifies everything that's wrong with San Francisco. 
weak on drugs, weak on crime, weak on racial assaults, and weak even on traffic and minors. Some say that's why the campaign to recall him is gaining momentum. Others counter that he doesn't really care. Boudin is a son of not one, but two. Not one, not two, but four domestic terrorists. How does that happen? Boudin is not the, is a son of not one, not two, but four domestic terrorists. I want you to see if you, you can look this up. His biological parents went to prison for a Brinks robbery. That was when they were domestic terrorists. Uh, when he was one, that was when he was one year old. And surrendering the boy to their Weather Underground bosses. Weather Underground was a terrorist organization in America, overthrow America. And some of the key players in that organization was a fellow named Bill Ayers, friend of, now friend of Obama's, and Bernadine Dorn, their husband and wife, but they have uh, different names. And so when that happened, when the uh, Boudin were arrested, they give they gave Chessa to the heirs and heirs in Dorn. So the baby underground grew up. He got a Rhodes Scholarship, completed a law degree at Yale. It's interesting how he got this key to the highway, right? And went to work for a Venezuelan socialist dictator, Hugo Chavez. Isn't this amazing? Look at Venezuela today. Totally disaster. Then in 2019, he won the special election to become San Francisco district attorney, promising to go after landlords, corporations, and cops, not simply prosecute whoever the police arrest. In other words, criminals, I'm not going to worry about. I'm going after cops, landlords, and corporations. Boudin described himself as part of a movement backed by none other than George Soros, to stop enforcing American law on American land and go after class enemies instead. People, if you don't know what socialism is, if you don't know what communism is, it's time for you to figure out. You better start reading up. By nineteen, by 2019, San Francisco was already the poster child for the squalor that plagues the West Coast cities and Venezuela. Homelessness, encampments, People living on the sidewalks, fentanyl zombies standing frozen in most curious positions. Violent speed freaks flooding psychiatric emergency centers. And of course, the squalor, needles, feces, car break-ins, 30,000 car break-ins in 2018. Brazen shoplifting, people just going and picking up stuff, walking out, just flipping people the bird. So that's what we have, Chesso Bodin, and uh, that's why he's letting people go. Nothing wrong with criminals. They want to overthrow people. They want to create chaos, and when you create enough chaos, you actually overthrow the country. That's how this works. And so that's what we're up against. So it's time that you get registered to vote. It's time that you file Sign the recall petition. It's time that you get your guns cleaned up, get some ammo, have them in a place you can grab them in a pinch because I think you're going to have to try to defend yourself. 
This is the end of our show today. Uh, Hopefully we'll be back next week, which will be episode 73. And um, if you want to give a shout out to Tip, that'd be Tip, P.O. Box 645, Marysville, California, 95901, if you want to help us financially. Uh, Or if you want me to send you a packet with all the different projects on it, I can send you that if you email me at lou at nohostagesradio.com. Be back next week. Bye. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them.